0: Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Good Good Golf Podcast. Rod Murray hosting as we once again prepare to delve into golf in a way that most other podcasts don't. I won't say all because there are some, but most don't chat about the stuff that we get into. Today we're delving into somewhat familiar territory, but with a bit of a difference. Rather than talking about the broad issue of women and golf, we're going to get a first-hand account of what exclusion actually looks and feels like. Some of you may have seen an article retweeted during this past week by my co-host, Adrian Logue, and the author of that piece, Kerry Cooper, will join us in just a moment to talk about her less-than-pleasant experience at a golf club in England recently, and in fact, a whole lot more. It's an important discussion and one that I'm very much looking forward to. Before we meet Kerry, however... Let me bring in the aforementioned Logue, who I can assure you was genuinely angry after reading this piece last week, so much so that he actually did some work and organised today's guest. Logue, I jest, of course, about you doing some work. We all know that that would never happen, but not about the seriousness of some of the things that Kerry wrote about in her piece.
1: Yeah, it really it was pretty shocking, but it was also not surprising at all. And the reaction that I saw in the comments to my retweet of it, Didn't surprise me at all. There was both extremes and uh, the actual comments on the thread uh, in the article itself, uh, which we'll link to in the show notes, uh, are equally sort of both sides, all sides of the spectrum. Um, It's uh, yeah, sadly very common and not shocking at all. But we'll, we'll get into that, won't we? But I will link to
0: in the show notes. You, of course, mean me. Which is... Indeed, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not- Look, I've done so... Do I have to do everything? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's- you, you've done enough. Take the uh, take the rest of the week. Nice work on the book club last week, though. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. I must say, I'm going to have a word to Derek about those overly positive introductions that he writes about you. <laughs> Part of me can't help but think that that's the main
1: reason that you like doing the book club. Well, I don't know, it doesn't <laughs> hurt. I just, it's only three months between book clubs. I need,
0: your ego needs a little yeah. boost. Put your ego aside for a minute. Tell people where they can find us and how they can get in touch if they want to throw some bouquets or pats. Preferably the former, but I know we'll get some of the latter if we're lucky.
1: Uh, they can go to talkinggolf.com yeah. and uh, find our podcast among many you other really comment, very high yeah, so. quality podcasts. Yeah. Lots
0: of quality podcasts. That's good to say. But you can't comment there.
1: Well, you can, you can call us, uh, or you can get in contact with us on Twitter. I'm mm. at Adrian Logue, and you're at Rod underscore Mori. Indeed, very simple, capital M for Mary, o ri And my DMs
0: are open, so anybody can send, including lots of bots, it would seem, that are pushing all sorts of uh, advertising stuff, but always keen to hear from listeners. And I do try to answer all of the messages that I get. I don't promise that I get to do it all, but I do try to get to them all. Enough of us babbling on. Time to bring in today's guest. And as mentioned earlier, Kerry Cooper grabbed a bit of the golf spotlight this past week after a story about her appeared in the UK magazine, The Golf Business. There were several issues raised in the piece. I'll get Kerry to tell us about some of those herself. But almost as interesting as the initial story was the reaction, as Adrian mentioned. So let's hook in Kerry Cooper. Welcome to the Good Good Golf Podcast. Hello. Good to have you aboard. Uh, Good to be delving into some issues here. We talk a lot about women's golf on the Good Good Podcast, but we, of course, talk about it as blokes, so... That loses some of its luster when you consider that. It's nice to have some uh, some women join us from time to time. Time to time. We're going to try and do something today that's probably the first and most important step for most blokes, and that is to listen. So I wanted to start with a thumbnail sketch, if you could, of what happened that this most recent story was about, because people might be familiar with that. Then we're going to go back in time. I think you've been at golf for about 30 years or so. So you've got a, a, a long and involved history with the game, which will be important for us to learn about. So just start with that most recent incident for us.
2: Okay. So, um, I joined a golf club. It's not the first golf club that I've joined in the last 30 years, but it was a golf club that I joined, um, as I moved into a new area. So I didn't know anybody, not one single person. Nobody had sort of like I said, Oh, come along and have a round of golf. Um, I literally moved cold into an area and, um, I was in the middle of a catchment area of a few golf clubs. So I kind of went around and, you know, played and, just to see which course really suited my game. Um, And I stumbled across this course and it had a really good front nine and a really good back nine. And I thought, Hmm, this is going to suit me. So I went in and spoke to the membership secretary and I was, you know, explaining that I'm on my own and uh, not that that was, you know, a massive problem because I've joined golf clubs on my own before um and she was like really enthusiastic and she was like going, oh no that's great you know blah 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 um played it joined set up all the you know the financial side of it and um signed the paperwork and uh that was that so the first time I went and played I was just putting my clubs in the boot and um she came out and she was like oh you know how are you getting on I said yeah yeah I really love the course and she said She said, I probably shouldn't say this to you, but I don't really know, now you've joined, what I'm going to do with you in the membership. And I said, right. (laughs) I was like looking at her completely puzzled. And uh, she said, yeah. She said, we don't really get women joining on their own like you. You know, most people join with their husbands. They have joint memberships. And then she said something which I actually, honestly, you know the saying, knock you down with a feather. Mm -hmm. She said, some of the women, she went, I don't think they're gonna take to you. And I was like, right? She said, Yeah, they can be a bit snooty, and you're mm, you're not really like them. Um, and I was like, Whoa, and I, I kind of like just tried to laugh it off. I just felt really embarrassed and I felt really discriminated against and I just said to her, oh, okay. Um, I was like, well, I'm going to go now. Anyway, so that kind of like really threw me because I thought she should have surely had that conversation with me before she signed me up or, you know, raised her concerns. But it was almost like she thought about it and but wanted to say it anyway. So I carried on playing on my own because I work. So, you know, I need to be at work at a certain time. So I'm normally first on the golf course with the greenkeepers. So, you know, 6.30 isn't unusual to do a quick nine before I go to work. Um, and I got an email from the membership secretary and she was like saying, oh, you know, I hear you've joined. Um, do you want to meet up with a group, like a mixed group after a competition? And I was like, yeah, yeah, brilliant. You know, I'll do that. Anyway, that got canceled. I think it was a weather issue. Tried to contact her again. I said, oh, I'm going up and playing on blah, blah. Now this lady was retired, not saying that they haven't got anything to do, but, um, and she was like, I can't make that date. And I was like, that's okay. And can't make this date. And I was like, that's okay. So I kind of like fell into this membership where I used to just go on my own and it got into that rhythm. I would just go on my own and not expect to play with anybody, not really have anybody make an effort with me at all. I'd go into the bar. It would be awkward. People, people would just look at me like, as if to say, what are you doing in here? One actually asked me if I was a salesperson one day and what I was selling. And I said, no, I'm actually a member. You know, it was just really awkward. Um, and then I got into the weekend play where I'd have to sort of like, wait a long time for guys to tee off and I'd be on my own they wouldn't ask me to join them not that I particularly wanted to but they wouldn't ask me and um there was one day where I was following these guys and I said you know do you mind if I play through I said even if I walk the next hole because they were really really like tortoise slow and um it all kicked off they went absolutely ballistic at me and they actually said you know this this clubs shouldn't give women 7-day memberships, you know, they should only give them 5-day. We don't want women on the golf course at weekends. And I was just like, "Wow." And they said, "You know, you have a slot on a Tuesday morning where you can come along here and play with the other ladies, so why don't you just stick to that?" And I went in and I complained about it. And um that was that really. It was just I was just flabbergasted. It was like, I can't believe, I mean, I've been playing for 30 years, but I can't believe that nothing's really improved from when I was 17 years old. So then I had a really good round and I tore my shoulder. It's like I played the best round of my life. And uh, I had quite a bad rip in my shoulder from it, believe it or not. And uh, then I fell on my shoulder and jarred it into my collarbone. And my doctor said, well, you know, you've got to take a break from playing golf. So I contacted the membership secretary and I said, you know, under sort of like medical reasons, I can't play. And I said, can I take a gap in my membership? You know, what can we do? And she said, well, you've nothing. You've got to just keep paying for your membership. Um, And if you don't, we'll get a debt collector to get the money off you. And I was like, okay, um, that's that then. And uh, so I paid the rest of my membership at that club. They didn't contact me once to see how I was doing. And I paid my last instalment and I emailed her and I said, you know, I've paid my last instalment, so I assume that that means that, you know, my membership is over. And she said, yes, thank you very much. (laughs) And that was that.
0: So, Kerry, let's just back up a bit. You said you've been playing golf for more than 30 years. Were you surprised by this? I've got to say, at at various points I've encountered all of those attitudes towards women as a bloke. But I think I'd struggle to say that I reckon it's widespread, that – that most of those seem quite extreme. Do you think this club has a particular culture or do you think, having been in the game 30 years, were you surprised by what you encountered there?
2: No, I wasn't surprised because I've joined clubs on my own. I think that people who find it surprising are people who haven't joined a club on their own and I think that's the trouble. You know, it's really quite... You use the words ballsy if that's allowed. To to drive up into a golf club car park, to walk into a pro shop on your own, have a conversation with the pro about the course. Um, I mean, they look at me gone out, and they still do to this day, you know. It's like, what's she doing in here on her own? Um, you know, like you're lost or something. Um, and I think that's the trouble. I think that there's just a lot of joint memberships where the guy has played for years you know the partner is a token member who does play on a tuesday morning with the rest of the you know retired ladies possibly which you know is absolutely fine if that's how they what they want out of their membership but i want to sort of like the the competitive edge the bite you know i'm still young i'm active i love golf i'm i'm self-competitive and i think that's why golf really suits me as a sport mm-hmm. um and i just think it's that solo person of joining and I just, I just think that people find it really, really strange that you want to join a golf club on your own, but you go to a gym on your own, or you know, you'd go to other things on your own. But golf just seems to be the one that's the the sticky wicket, really.
0: I don't reckon that's the case if you're a bloke. What do you reckon,
1: Mike? Well, perhaps, no. I, I think there's an element of truth to, to an element of that experience for blokes as well. Um, I. What resonates with me is as a junior joining mm-hmm. joining a club. I found the golf club to be a very intimidating place, uh, and even then, I like I had every advantage. My, you know, my dad was the captain of the golf club, and um, uh, so I, I people would knew me mm-hmm. and would say hello and be welcoming and everything. But in fact, I wasn't that keen to interact with anybody. I just wanted. I was just super keen to play golf and get out on the golf course. I didn't really want to interact with adults. I found that very intimidating that they're all sort of coming up and saying hello to me, uh, which is a completely different problem. But what resonated with me with the article was all of the issues that you described there, Kerry, all seemed uh, all too plausible to me. And I've thought back over the last few years at, at my own club and seen hints that all of that is happening at my own club and uh not not just hints but thought back on actual incidents and realized that it it's explicitly happening like and it, I've seen it happen and, and it didn't really register with me which really drove home for me that it's one of those things that if it isn't actually happening to you it can feel invisible it can be absolutely invisible mm-hmm. and and that just that doesn't just apply to golf that can apply to any part of your life if if at work you're you're facing some sort of uh, you know, constant sort of microaggressions from a, a co-worker or something like that. Hey, easy. <laughs>
0: Just, uh, <laughs> you need micro, you Nothing micro, nothing micro <laughs> about my aggression. What's that the finger you're pointing yeah, at me right. across the table? A uh, There's a lot to unpick, Kerry, in, in everything that you've said. So I suppose a couple of things, the first, the first things that strike me, let's unpick, what do we think is causing this? Is... The issue is the issue of sexism, and we talk about golf's image problem on this podcast a lot. And what Adrian's talking about is very much about that. It's an intimidating place to go, which is exactly what you said. If you don't play golf, and even if you do, there are lots of golf clubs around the place that I go to for more work that I don't feel comfortable at. You feel out of place, and they are intimidating. Is this stuff worse in golf than society more broadly, Kerry, Do you think you're you're a woman at all times in golf and outside? Yes, I am. That's right. So so what do you think? Do you think golf has a cultural problem with sexism or is it just exclusivity where, which I feel is maybe a, a part of it, golf certain golf clubs seem to feel that they have a place in society and their members then feel they have a place in society above others?
2: I think that there's a variety of issues and I think that the biggest issue is the long-serving joint membership where They've sat there for years and years and years. They've got their own little gangs, and then you walk in, you know, all enthused, all passionate about golf, and you want to talk. You know, golfers are boring about golf, aren't they? You know, I see people's eyes glaze over when I start. <laughs> <laughs> you what know, did you have on, you on the weekend, talking?
1: Kerry? That was <laughs> that's right.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> Nobody this wants afternoon to know. I, I've actually done a, This afternoon I actually created a chipping area. I've, I live. Luckily, I've got like a bit of a field next to me and I I did a chipping area today. So I've been drilling my chips, but um, but golfers want to talk about it all the time. And I think when you go into a golf club, but I face this in the pro shop. So I've walked into many, many pro shops and golf shops on my own and been treated exactly the same, like you, you have no idea what you're talking about, almost like eyes rolling at you. Um, not interested in you, think that you have no spend for anything or you've got to ask somebody if you can buy that. And it's like, really? In this day and age, you know? Um, so there's so many different factors, but I do think that the, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to angle this just to the older generation in golf clubs, but the retired person who controls the play on the course in the day, and then controls the, should we call it banter these days, in the clubhouse. I mean, I can remember walking through um, a bar. Um, it was a particularly wet day. I'd got my bobble hat on. I was literally scooting through. And this is only a couple of years ago. And um, a guy actually pulled my bobble hat off my head and thought it was hilarious and threw it around to his friends. I didn't know him. And he just said, you don't wear hats in here. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's like, that's not even funny, is it? Um, but that, just that whole... Just
1: bullying. Juvenile. It, it is for, bullying. For adults to do that to each other is just outrageous. It's, it's, I,
2: I, I, mean, I know. I mean, you know, I'm I'm certainly not a shrinking violet and that's proven because I will join a golf club on my own and I will sort of have, the, you know, the, the sort of like the confidence to stand on a team. I mean, that... That in itself, to actually tee off in front of gangs of guys on your own, um, it's it's a big deal. It is a big deal, and I think that's when when I did the taster session, which we'll jump into, you know, in a bit. But um, that was one thing that women said that they just wouldn't have the confidence to do to stand on the tee, even if they did want to play golf on their own. Because golf can be a great game on your own, um, you know, if you really want to get into your game and play against the course, not against somebody else. Um, they just would not have the confidence to do it. But um, there's a lot of issues with golf clubs. I mean, I think to pay a membership of up to a £1,000 a year um, and you really aren't treated like a member because you don't fit in or they don't think you fit in or you don't get the opportunity to fit in, um, I think that's the sad thing. And, and it really has in the last week from the ad being printed um, – Hundreds of emails that I've had from people who have mirrored my story, who have like got angry on emails saying, you know, I'm disgusted that you've been treated like this. I was treated like this. I haven't played golf since. And I just think that there's people sat at home now who would love to play golf because of an experience similar to what I've had. They've never played golf again. And that to me is is the heartbreaking side of it, that these people have won and you're paying to go.
0: Mm, Golf's the ultimate loser, isn't it? If anybody's doubting some of the things that Kerry says, go onto Twitter and have a look at the threads Mm -hmm. of some of the LPGA and LET pros talking about their experiences at golf clubs where they'll be joined up with a group of amateur guys who start to explain to them on the first where the red tees are and are staggered (laughs) when they come back and play from the back tees and can actually play. There seems to be this default position amongst male golfers that any woman on a golf course is incapable of actually playing the game. And that might be Mm. as damaging as almost anything else. My cousin went to take up the game maybe seven or eight years ago, early 40s, good sports person, great cricketer, great arm. She could really throw. She could bowl, good batter. Became interested in golf. And within a couple of weeks, just the club buying experience put her off the game. She'd go to both clubs and she'd be taken to the pink section. These are ladies' clubs. All this nonsense, none of which has any actual relevance in golf. There's no such thing as ladies' clubs and men's clubs. They're just golf clubs that suit certain golfers. The assumption that she she wouldn't be able to play because she was an early 40s woman who was just taking up the game. So, therefore, you know, you you can doddle it around. It was really quite confronting for me having been in the industry for ages. And as you said, Adrian, all this stuff's invisible to me because none of it happens to me. And so – we need to be told and that's why we need to to uh, to sort of listen. So I guess the, the question becomes, Kerry, what do we do? As you say, everybody in the industry loses because we mm. lose people to the game. And this is true for juniors as well. I think there's a lot of crossover between juniors and women in golf because the culture does seem to exclude those two groups in particular. What do we do though, Kerry? What, what are some of the good experiences that you've had or what – programs or things have you seen over the years in golf? And I have a hope to God that there's been some <laughs> that have been positive well, be, and worthwhile.
2: To be honest with you, the only good experiences I have had is when I've walked into a golf club with a guy, because you do get accepted a little bit more, and that sounds really bad. So when I was 17, I started playing golf with my dad and my brother. And my dad was sort of like, you know, the king of banter. My brother was competitive. So it was almost like, you know, I was, I had like a protective arm around me when I was playing golf with them. Um, And then I got a boyfriend. Uh, He was six foot four. So nobody would really challenge me when I was with him or my dad or my brother. But Then I moved away and I wanted to carry on playing golf. And that's when the problem started, when I wanted to go and join a golf club on my own. And that's the whole thing, the the newbie thing, you know, welcoming. It's um, when I first relocated to the area where I joined this other club, I walked into another golf club and I asked them how many lady members they had, you know, what was their section like? And they said they'd got 20 members and I was like, right. And I said, do those 20 members play? And they were like, no, not really. And I said, well, how many play out of the 20? And they said, probably about eight. So I said, wow, eight ladies in a whole golf club play golf. And they said, yeah. So I went up into the bar and... um I was joined by the chairperson and she was a female and she sat down with me and we had a really honest chat about, you know, women's golf. And she said that the golf club was really struggling and, you know, to try and attract female members. So I said, well, why don't we have a taster session? You know, I mean, I literally just walked in the place. And um, anyway, so that's how I rallied up. Three years ago, um, 18 ladies to turn up to a golf club on a a rainy Sunday. And that's when this story kind of started with um, Adrian at um, Business Golf picking up on who I was because 18 ladies attended a golf club because I invited them to through my contacts. And on the day, eleven signed up for lessons. And that was unheard of. That was like... Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... um, That was a real positive. However, none of those 11 actually were converted into membership from that.
0: It sort of, it it kind of dies on the vine. Raises an interesting question, Kerry, and uh, maybe it isn't gender specific. How much of the problem with this is women in golf? This was always the complaint of younger female golfers, a couple of decades ago, that they would feel excluded by the older women at the club. Is that still
2: true? Yeah, Yeah, it is true. Um, Only a few years ago um, I walked into a bar and there was a lunch going on and uh, I thought, oh, that's great, there's a group of ladies here. I'd say hello, big mistake. It was like hell had broken out with the stares, the eyes, you know, introduced myself didn't get spoken to um, just really really awkward and I was you know I was a member there and be- but because they hadn't seen me because I'm obviously a working person you know that's the thing it's like if you're working you don't, golf golf Club doesn't become your life because you've got a life outside of that golf club. So when you're there, you just want like a little bit of a chat, you know, a little bit of a bar meal and you know, half a shandy and off you go, don't you? But um it is unfriendly. And I can remember I was playing one day and um there were two greens that were quite, kind of quite close to each other, and there was a, a four-ball there, these ladies. So I teed off, waited for them to putt, and I thought, right, I'll just cruise over and say hello. You know, there's nobody on the golf course. So I walked over and uh, I said, hi, you know, I'm Kerry, I'm new here. Um, and they just said, never, ever approach us on the golf course again. If you want to speak to us, speak to us in the clubhouse. Good
1: Lord. <laughs> Astounding. Uh-huh. As, as though you'd want to speak <laughs> was, to them after after that. <laughs> and was, and How I, you. And
2: I was like, whoa. So and uh one day I took my son and he was caddying for me, and um I was approached by a older lady and she was with her husband, and she she said, Are you a member? And I said, Yes, I am. And she said, is he a member? And I said, you mean my my son? I said, no, he isn't a member, but he's caddying for me. She said, he shouldn't be on the course. And I'm like, hang on. Um, It's not for you to say to me, my son shouldn't be with me today. So there is a lot of frostiness. I think that, you know, a lot of the older ladies, they really, I think their husbands have been like a captain and they, they feel that they're really cemented into the groove of the club. Um... I've never been invited to any social event, a club, a quiz evening, absolutely nothing. I've never had – I've had the newsletters come through to my email box, but I've never, ever been invited to go to a function with the ladies ever in 30 years.
1: It's it's one of those things where I, I think it's it can be a dangerous argument to take because some people will try and sort of weaponise that and say – Look, it's not the men that are the problem; it's it's the, the other women. women. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's. Uh, I mean, while those instances exist, it's not the entirety of the problem, of course, at all. Um, and uh, and that is one of the the things that in that article people seem to latch onto and say, "Oh, see, it's just it's the other women. That's the big problem at the club. It's the other women." And while that certainly. Uh, the case to some extent it's not it's not the whole story is it Kerry it's and, and, no, and it's mean, not one... something that men can look at and sort of say oh look see we're not the problem yeah, that's right. as, as a man I can say that we're all too quick to try and find <laughs> find an but, out like that but, yeah
2: but but they but they don't think that they're the problem because when they're sitting there in their groups of you know eight strong And you're on your own and they're laughing at you or they're making fun at you or they're just freezing you out or, you know, and you're paying to be a member there as well. And you're probably paying more than they are um, because, you know, a lot of places offer heavily subsidized um, memberships for retired and older people. You know, and you're paying full whack, but you're only probably, in their opinion, allowed to play once a week. You know, that makes a round very expensive um, you're normally caught behind them on the course. You know, it's almost like you're playing second fiddle to people and you're being subservient to people. And all you want to do is to be treated like an equal. You know, I don't even want to be regarded as a female golfer. I'm a golfer. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that segregation. I don't want that title of, oh, you know, as a woman golfer. It's. I think that we 've moved on so far and, and golf needs to move with it. The taster session that I had that day with eighteen ladies the ability they were aged between seventeen and fifty, and um, there was a couple of ladies and they were hockey players, and my God, they well, could hit the ball straight out. off you know they were uh, they would have ripped that club apart if they'd have got but they didn't join either and You know, it was. I think because when we went into the clubhouse, you know, the the complete atmosphere in there towards this group of eighteen ladies in a corner, who nobody knew. They didn't know why. Really, they were there because nobody had um, involved themselves with the recruitment of this taste today. I did it all upon myself, and I'm not saying, oh, how amazing am I? But the club didn't want to get involved. They didn't even want to put their hands in their pockets and buy these ladies a cup of coffee I had to get the money off these ladies to come on the day um, because they didn't even want to buy them a coffee on the day and it was just really you know one of those situations where you think golf won't move on with this kind of attitude it won't attract new members and when I joined there I said well I'm I've sent them this sort of like a4 poster of myself you know I put my age my occupation um what I'm when I'm looking to play and I said I'm happy for you to put this up on a board as a new member and if anybody wants to give me a call you know give me a ring and just say they can play with me that was never ever done that that a4 post was never put up anywhere and um i don't think that there is that welcoming committee that is made out if you're on and this is the whole thing if you're on your own and there's a lot of women now who are sort of like their kids have grown up, Um, they've got that freedom to play golf, you know, they might have gone through a divorce, they might be looking for something. It's a great opportunity to get a bit of exercise, to meet new people. And I think that's what golf needs to now recognise, the 40, 50-something Golfer, you know, men. Men are the same. You know, their kids have grown up. They probably want to, you know, branch out as well. But um, that's what needs to happen now. An all-inclusive. I would love to open a golf club on my own. If I had the money, I would do it, and I'd take the golf world on. Go full, full
1: Marion <laughs> Hollands and. Uh... <laughs> Well,
0: Kerry certainly has some horror tales to tell, doesn't she? But the news isn't all bad. Yes, that's right. You can still experience the joy of seamless online shopping thanks to our partners at thegolfsociety.com.au. All the best apparel, all the best prices, all at the one convenient online location. If you like your golf gear high end but at a reasonable price, this is the place for you. As a Talking Golf listener, you'll receive a $25 store credit off your first purchase. Just head to thegolfsociety.com.au forward slash Talking Golf. The forward slash Talking Golf is the important bit there
1: and get shopping today. So, one thing I wanted to comment on that you've just mentioned there, Kerry, was the experience of joining a club on your own. I can say that it's something that I've done a couple of times, and for most men, I think the experience would probably be fairly similar. Uh, that yeah, there's, and people have replied to you on this thread that you shouldn't expect a club to be um, arranging your social life for you. There's no obligation of the club to help you make friends within the club. It's up to you to sort of uh, gently impose yourself in the club over a period of time in a way that doesn't upset anybody and, and you just sort of settle into the fabric of the club. Um, but I know... From my own experience, that clubs are intimidating places and it can be difficult. And uh, But it, as a man, I've got these advantages that, you know, I've got no problem at all getting a tea time. Many clubs in Australia don't open. They have seven-day memberships for, for women, but there's restricted tea times for women on the weekend. Which how does is, that work? I still don't understand how that works. It, it just it can't be. Beggar's belief. I, I, it Absolutely beggar's belief. And again, it's one of the things at my own club, which has been the case up until pretty recently, and, is it legal? and I don't think it is, no, but it's not that's not what they do now. Uh, you know, women are allowed to book any t- tea time on the weekend now at my own club. Wait, 2020? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something <looks like laughs> However, get this I'm glad you asked about that, Rod, because I, I came off the wait list for next week and I, I got dropped into a group with three women and they felt like they had to come up and ask me if I'm okay with that. So wow. I was at the club yesterday and wow. they came up. And it was – it really – it drove home to me. It's like, oh, they actually must get some people come to them and say, no, we're going to change. just just pull out. Yeah, we're going to pull out.
2: Gosh. Yeah. The
1: the fact that they had to do that, they had to come up and say, are you okay with that? And there was another instance where that happened and the pro shop actually rang me and said – are you okay with that? And I said, yeah, of course I am. And they, and I had, hang on, are some people not okay with that? And, yeah. and they said, yeah, some blokes just want to pull out. After playing with you next week,
0: those three women might not be okay with that. They might come up to you There's next week and say, look, yeah, you've, you've fallen into our group yeah. again, but we've decided not to play. Yep. Serious question, Kerry. Is what we're talking about here actually politics? The smaller the organisation, the nastier and more clicky the politics. You can't get
1: much smaller than a golf club and these- it's under the guys of culture of course it's not it's a clique it's it's a clique, but That's it's right. under the guise of so culture so these are pecking orders that we're talking about
0: here is that a political issue is it gender based i guess um, i it's, wonder about it's that lo-
2: it's lots it's lots of things isn't it it's it is gender based it is like you know i've heard comments about other lady golfers from guys on the tee you know they think you can't hear you can hear you know it's rude it's talk about women's weight, you know, talk about it's just wrong. There's so many wrong conversations and it isn't banter at all. Um it's just rudeness. But um when I've golfed at you know, pay-as-you-go sort of, you know, par 3s, pitch and putt, they are the ones where you feel included because they're people who aren't golf club members you know, they will happily just shack up with whoever's on the tee, go around, you have a really good crack. It's when you step into that golf club membership zone that the problems start. And, um, you know, I'm just really lucky that it hasn't deterred me. I'm a confident person and I want to play golf. And if it means I play golf on my own for the rest of my golfing days, then so be it there's not that many people who are like me that will just rock up and just think, Do you know what? I'm going to go for it. I don't care what they think of me. I'm just going to play. Um, and I think that's, that's, That's the campaign now that I'm on because of all the people that have contacted, I could have done that ad, you know, and just thought, well, that's me just blogged that and that's fine. You know, I've said my bit, but it's just the emails that I've had in the last week and the people who have said to me, you know, don't leave this here, you know, don't let this go now. You know, you can be the spokesperson for other people who want to play. And I think that's the thing. And I can remember driving around in the week, you know, when all this was happening with all the messages and, you know, People saying, please, please continue this quest, you know, to speak up about this because I haven't had the the confidence to speak up about it. And, you know, I've left golf clubs in tears before and everybody just thinks I'm an emotional, hormonal woman that doesn't want to play golf. But I dared now go back into a golf club. And I think that's the thing that needs recognizing now. It's sort of like, you know, we all talk about mental health and supporting each other. But where is that in a golf club?
0: Well, hmm. Good point. The business imperative feels to me like it might be rightly or wrongly. It would be nice if everybody realized that golf should be a game for all people and welcomed all people. I doubt that magic's going to happen overnight. We're never going to reach that Nirvana in society, let alone in golf. But the business imperative, Adrian, has a role to play here, does it not? Women's money Makes- is worth the same amount as men's. And golf never seems to have realized this. And that the, the club structure works against that business imperative in a lot of ways, but that is coming home to roost in a lot of golf clubs, as it has done for the last 20 years or so. That business model
1: is getting harder and harder to make it work. It makes financial sense to uh, to have seven-day women members. I mean... Seven-day members. It's the... It's the <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, all other issues with that statement aside, it just makes financial sense. Um, but, it, it, and that's what drove it at my own club um, that, you know, they made the, we had a board which was somewhat enlightened (laughs) and realised there was legal pressure coming, of course, but Mm -hmm. they also realised, look, this is easy. We can make a, we can make an easy business case out of this and, um, but because it's one of those things that had to go for a vote. So, you actually had to make the case um, (laughs) for the thing ridiculously. (laughs) So, there needed to be good financial Mm. uh, rationale for it. And the fact was that there was, um, you know, maybe a couple of dozen uh, women members of the club who were keen to go straight on to the seven-day membership. And th- those are members that we know they're going to be members for, you know, 30 or 40 years. You know, they live locally and um, they're they're tied to the club. Um, you know, they've, they've got their groups. They're They're definitely going to be a part of the club for many years to come. So, you know, you don't knock back members like that. Yeah. And uh, but nonetheless, of course, it got passed unanimously. But then we had this ridiculous situation where the tea times are restricted still. Um, and, And that was just under the guise of, well, there's only, you know, so many of these women who want to play on a Saturday. So we'll just let them have their own group. And which is the blue eyed
0: and the brown eyed people as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just as random, isn't it? It absolutely is. The bearded and the non bearded, you can float between the two and make your decisions. And then
1: now, competitions, of course, are still separate. um, Well, you can't have. There's a whole other thing. Just because
0: there's a world handicapping system
1: doesn't mean you can have a competition with all the T's rated for all the genders. We're getting off track here. Yeah, but it's. Kerry, I was interested to hear you
0: say the places that are welcoming, and I think that goes directly to that business model, does it not? The sorts of places you're talking about, the pitch and the Par 3 course tend not to be a club structure with a yeah. membership that drives policy. They tend to mm-hmm. be a business where the cash register drives policy. capitalism, And that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, but
2: do you know what they're I mean, when I look back at the last 30 years, you know, I mean, we used to call them hackers' courses and uh, everybody starts off on a Par 3, don't they? Everybody starts off on a pitch and putt. You know, I did. It was like six quid to go around. We used to go around three times. It was brilliant. Um, and it is all-inclusive – And it is nice and it is fun. And I think that if somebody's walking into a golf club and they're getting that extreme sort of like, you've got to earn the right to be here. You've got to wait to be welcomed in. You've got to play for a year before anybody will say, let's join up and have a game. You know, pitch and putt, kind of like that's where I started. So I think I probably went from really friendly, friendly into golf club. And it was like, this isn't friendly. And I think that that's the shock it's not going to stop me joining another golf club, you know, but a few of my friends have said now, my God, who's going to take you? It's like your face is all over the internet. It's like you're going to be a marked woman. <laughs> um, but then a few people have said to me, you know, you should start up this sort of like sniffing out the bad clubs and 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 really like nailing them online. And I'm like, I don't want to go to that extreme either. I just want to go to a club, have some fun, you know, play golf, improve my game, you know, if I make new friends Bonus, but just treat me as an equal when I walk in and and welcome me. Um, I think the pro shops are very intimidating, and I mean that. You know, the the pro is normally stood right at the back of the shop. You have to walk up right into the shop. Um, I've had cases where I've stood there talking to the pro about, you know, possibly having a round there. Guys walked in, and the pros actually said, "Hang on a minute, serve the guy." <laughs> And then taking up his conversation with me as the guys walked out again. And it's like, okay, I'll let that one go. But that was a bit rude. Um, I've given my details to golf clubs before about joining and they haven't ever contacted me for whatever reason. Um, it's just not an isolated case. It's it's constant. There's a constant theme. Um, golf shops as well, they can be just as intimidating. You know, go to buy some clubs like you said with that lady you know this is the ladies section it's like get rid of this whole you know segregation of men and women just call it a golf shop that's got golf equipment for all golfers um it's time it's time that it moved on everybody says it won't you know this will happen forever and a day but why should it if you're paying good money to be at a club why should you accept it and just say it's always been like this i think that's the biggest cop-out going and you know i know guys say i've never seen it they have come on they've heard the comments absolutely you know they've sniggered at people you know they've resented juniors coming on that are mustered you know they're going to wipe the floor with them in competitions it's oh, like it's, it's really it's there
0: that I haven't encountered though. Sue Thompson really. Did tell I've, me that I've had that absolutely. Seen Sue that. Thompson did tell me that she'd had complaints from some of the women at Mount Lawley. that The juniors shouldn't be allowed
1: to play in the open competitions because yep. they were too oh. good and it wasn't fair. Yeah, because they're coming down quickly and they win comps. They take away comps from <laughs> old, old Fred, <laughs> yeah. who's uh, been a member for forty years. It didn't win his ball or his forty dollar yeah. voucher. Uh, <laughs> it's
2: the, the juniors, you know. I mean that's heartbreaking because these these kids they haven't got a lot of confidence anyway you know that they're okay probably you know like you did you walked around with your dad your dad was you know the captain in, so you were accepted but you know some kids are joining they haven't got that kind of you know protective shield around them and they're soon phased out I've had a lot of emails from people saying you know guys saying you know I was such a keen golfer and then I stopped playing when I was about 22 I got a mortgage and you know had mm-hmm. kids and I've never played golf again since because that experience of being a junior has really, really affected me mentally. And I'm just like, wow, you know, all these people out there that have done this to these people and they have no idea, but they're still there doing it. And uh, I think that something really, really does need to happen. It's just unfair, you know, fairness on the fairway. I think that's what needs to happen. Now that should be the slogan, you know, hashtag be kind, you know where is that in golf clubs it isn't there a lot i'm not saying that all golf clubs are the same and i'm not you know i've had emails from other clubs saying you know if you're ever in the area scotland seems to be very pro um come along have a game you know um i'm not saying this is all golf clubs but all i'm saying is is my journey has been dominated by unfriendliness in golf clubs yeah
1: it, there's uh I- some some people would say, Kerry, you should count yourself lucky that you could even join a club because uh, somebody here related an experience to us last week that um, he knows a guy whose first name was Muhammad and he there was six different golf clubs that refused him any like wouldn't even return his call uh, before he what? actually found Absolutely. a club that it's would
2: disgusting before
1: he could find a club that would even uh, consider having him as a member
2: you see again you know that's that's just as bad you know all of this is absolutely disgusting and and the i mean the golf association should really be now looking into this there should be some kind of um, matrix about Every member or everyone who approaches or everybody who's filled in a form to apply to join a golf club should be contacted by some governing body saying, "What was your experience? You know, that's a good idea. How yeah. how did that happen? You know, were you were you called back? Were you treated fairly? Were you discriminated against?
1: Yeah, it's who can that, they take it's, their complaint to?
2: Time.
1: Yeah, who could they complain it's to if not it's the stopped. governing body? Mm. Yeah, look, the the one time it stopped, the one that. Uh, reminded me of that when I heard that story was I thought back to a time at, a, at another club that i have been a member where I was speaking to an old guy and he I said, oh, you know, how was your time on committee? This bloke was, had been a former president and uh, he was on the membership part of the committee that reviewed applications for membership and he was boasting to me about how he'd take uh, this Chinese sounding name and put it at the bottom of the pile Every, every year. So and this guy a, kept that- ringing up and saying, uh, how's my membership oh, application sh- going? He was told there was a wait list. And there was a wait list at mm. the time. Uh, and it was a multi-year wait list but this bloke was just being strung out. And- that's that xenophobia showing itself in golf rather than that yeah. being a golf problem, though, isn't it? I, well, that's
0: that's a societal issue, but people I just feel- randomly
1: came across that, so I just but People I feel
0: they can get away with it in golf once they're in that power structure? That's where I think the problem is, whereas that same guy knows he can't do that at his place of work at the golf club. He's in a position where he can, and so perhaps what golf shows us in a lot of ways reflects more something closer to the realities of how far too many people think. I think that's possible. And there's also things about, you know, as we sort of said before, the political thing of protecting your own patch and having, you know, put the work in to become part of the power structure at the club and being protected about that and wanting to leave the market. There's all sorts of stuff that have got, because of course, Kerry, none of this has got nothing to do with the joy that is golf birdies and absolutely. bogeys and pars and chipping and putting. And, well, chipping's not a joy, obviously. <laughs> you sacrificed your shoulder, Kerry, for the best round of, of the year. I did. Do
2: you know what? I, I absolutely I, – I could have been on the tour by now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you get down to four, you could play the LPGA, apparently.
1: Apparently
2: yeah (laughs) honestly i was i i can still recall that round now i i had the round it was like effortless you know it was like some magic wind was taking that ball towards the hole it was like gifted 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 and then on the 16th rip, ripped it straight out my shoulder but it was the fall afterwards that did it not the not the rip of the the 16th but um but no i i just want to say that you know i know we joke and i know we think it's funny and i know that There is a lot of pleasure when you're playing golf and it's a great sport. I mean, you know, I wish I was on the tour. I wish I was a professional. I wish that I could make a huge significant difference to anybody who wanted to play golf. Um, But the fact is, is that there's a lot of people who have been treated really badly their mental health has been affected. It's not their confidence. You know, the guy with the Chinese name put to the bottom of the thing, you know, how does he feel? That's he knows that he's yeah. never been allowed into that club because of that. It's just disgusting. It's disgusting. I, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it leaves such a bad taste in my mouth that the, the, you know, whoever's done that should be completely and utterly ashamed and actually ejected from that golf club because they're the kind of acidic, toxic people Mm. that are ruining it for everybody. You know, Mm. golf's for everybody and your money, you're paying to go. It's not like you're being given this. You're not, you know, there's no scholarship that gives you a golf membership. You're paying for it. Mm -hmm.
0: You said there earlier, Kerry, that, and I think you've probably just answered my question in that response there, that your experience in golf has been dominated by unfriendliness. Do you think that's typical?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent yeah i could i could honestly say i could drive to any golf club tomorrow and walk into that pro shop or walk into the bar and it 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 wouldn't be the same as if i was a guy with a group of guys you know going in there laughing my head off about the six you know and it's always suspicion i walked in this is this is true i walked into a golf club about (laughs) two years ago with this lady and it was on the back of the taster session that I ran she contacted me and she said I haven't got the confidence to go into a golf club will you meet me and will you come in with me and I want to talk to the pro so I said yes so I drove and I met her in a golf club car park we walked into the bar and this lady turned around and said can I help you and I said yes um my friend would like to talk to somebody about joining the club. And she said, oh, um, right. She said, well, if you want to sit over... And she was really suspicious of us. Um, She didn't offer, offer us a drink or anything. So we sat in this corner and she said, the golf pro's over there talking to one of the members. Anyway, she went over to this golf pro and she said, oh, you know, pointing at us and everything. An hour and a half later, he came over. Wow. And he literally gave us both two cards of the course, you know, the the scorecards. Yeah. And he said, have a look at these. If you're interested, give me a call. And I was like, hang on, well... (laughs) Could. This lady is very I said, this lady lives down the road. I said she's very, very interested in joining. Um I said, so if you've got time, he said, I haven't got time. He said, I'm dealing with members, and I'm like, Whoa. That's
1: literally the least he could do. She, <laughs> it's the least. And
2: She and she never joined she never joined that club. She never went back into a into a golf club and she's never played golf to this day. And that's just one lady that, you know If I could it was like crash and burn.
1: If I if I could relate. A positive story from my own class. Yes. Um, there was uh, a, on a Saturday people people understand at in Australia the the culture of golf on a Saturday is pretty intense. It's all competition golf. <laughs> it's all four balls going off yeah. Uh, yeah you know tea times in seven minute increments and you know turn up fifteen minutes before it's or two shot penalty what it is. and <laughs> uh, and the, the whole thing is very systematic and there's a whole uh, ceremony to the whole thing. Um at, at, at the club where I'm a member at the moment, we... Uh, for the moment, I think, is the, <laughs> the phrase you're looking for. <laughs> we, I, we, None of us will
2: ever be allowed this, anywhere. This, this is a
1: great story. Uh, I, I turned up once a day and I'd only been a member for a, a reasonably short time, like less than a year, I think, at that point. And I'm in the pro shop and getting my card and getting ready to go out and play. And this group walk in who obviously had no idea what they were doing, but they wanted to come and have a game of golf. But they had... Uh, you know, horror, horrifyingly, they had T-shirts and sneakers, and how did they um, get past mm. the security guard at the gate? Uh, it's, it's actually a good question. There is uh, like, <laughs> like like gate security, and everything. But anyway, they're they're, in it. they're keen for a game of golf. They're, they're, it was it was like they walked, looked at it like a ten pin bowling place or something, which is actually how golf should be, where you know you yeah. can drive past and think, oh, I want to have a go at that. And
2: Definitely. They've,
1: they've driven past and thought, oh, let's, let's have a go at golf. They had no golf clubs, nothing, and they walked in. And from what they were saying, it was kind of clear that they'd never played golf before. The pro, <laughs> the pro came up, and this is in the middle of a Saturday, like midday on a Saturday. The the pro came up and uh, was extremely patient with him, with them. And there was, and he gave them their his full attention. And there were people all over the pro shop. There were groups of four coming off three tees. We have a three tee start at this club. Wow. So there was there was like 12 people at a time coming through to try and get their cards and go out and play. And the, the assistant pro was taking care of them. So, But it got super busy. But the pro um, sort of corralled, corralled these guys and sort of said, oh, look, okay, yep, yeah, that's fine. You, you want to play golf. Um, let's talk about that. Look, I'm, I'm so sorry, but right at the moment you can't go off because it's, it's all... Um, you know, very, very busy with, with the members trying to get off. But if you can come back here at around, it was probably around 2.30 p.m., like you knew when the crosso- crossovers were occurring. He said, I can probably get you on and uh, look, I'll come out and walk a hole with you or so. And we've got these higher clubs here. And I the club... Rod's looking at me very you suspiciously. Sure wasn't because he knows Fools. the club. He knows the <laughs> club that I'm a member at, and the club that I'm a member at is like a very private, exclusive club. Mm. And I honestly, I'm just as surprised because I can't think of almost any club at that, of that same sort of tier. No, you can use that word in, in the city that we're at, which would have done that. But it was all down to no. the actions of this this pro yeah. who was extremely welcoming and like did the whole thing, gave them some higher clubs. Um, didn't bother with the dress regulations he just still he, there the prime uh no actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah and uh, it was just a very
2: kind that person is, that is very that is very very unusual because I th- there was this initiative about three years ago and it was like get women into golf it was on after I did the taster session and I booked in to go to a golf taster session at a club um in Northamptonshire and I arrived at the time that I was supposed to arrive and the golf pro looked at me and I said oh hi I've come for my taster session here and he said yeah we've cancelled it because you were the only one and I said well I'm here and he said yeah but you can't you can't go out on the course because we we needed six so it's cost ineffective, and I I drove home that day, and I never heard from them again. And that is another true story. So I, again, I don't know whether it's a guy thing, a gang of guys going in, whether they're more receptive to than women. I just don't know. There's a massive question mark, isn't there? Huge, huge question. I, I mark. I reckon it's
0: probably a combination of all. The the y- y- your big issue is new, <laughs> unpopular. Don't, <laughs> don't like new. Don't like people we're not for movies already. Uh, new women. One step further yeah. down the pecking order, new juniors. Another step yeah. further down the pecking order, uh, and vocal. We don't like that. New and vocal is very unpopular. Uh, I think. Oh,
2: that's very upset. That, yeah, I mean, going, going. Yeah, if you walk into a golf club and you laugh, and you're on your own, you know, you're an absolute freak, and they want to get you out as quickly as possible. But, uh, but the, you know, I want more people to play golf. I hope hmm. that. What I, whatever I say doesn't deter people, but I also hope that it makes people stand up for themselves a little bit more and say, you know, they're not going to tolerate it. They're not going to accept it. They are going to sort of like say, I do matter here. I am important. I pay my money. I want to play golf. Please let me play golf. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing, isn't it?
0: If you don't talk about it, uh, then… You're really not doing the game. Golf needs to talk about its own problems. We've got enough people outside of golf who want to end golf. Golf needs to address some of its own issues so it can tackle those outside issues as well. Golf has an awful lot to offer, but it's not entitled to any of it. And golf, unfortunately, thinks it's entitled to everything that it has, and that's part of the problem. Last thing from me, Kerry, you touched on it earlier. You said you've had people sending you emails and you're going to become a spokesperson Mm. and all this sort of stuff. Are you comfortable with that? I've asked Meg McLaren about this as well. All she really did at the outset was write down some of her thoughts about stuff and whether she likes it or not, she's become a bit of a... She's a bit of an icon in this discussion about inequality in
1: golf and a target
0: and a well, well that comes with the turf. It absolutely you comes, can't. But you it, can't be one without the other. There's
1: plenty of topics people pick which that doesn't come with the turf. True. But this that, is this is one which true. attracts true. a lot of hostility.
0: Are you comfortable with that? Is that something that you're and why? It would be much easier to just walk away from golf and take up ten pin bowling, wouldn't it? It's indoors.
2: <laughs> I'm it's really easy. rubbish at ten pin bowling, but um, I just think that. I'd do everybody a massive disservice if I did shut up about it. And it's like in the last week I've emailed. I've had some really interesting emails from a lot of people who have given me contacts of emails of people who were quite high up. So I've been beavering away. So I don't think this is going to go away. And I'm not going to pipe down. I'm really not going to go away. I'm going to be the voice of people who have been intimidated out of golf clubs.
0: Well, good on you. Uh, that's a brave and necessary stance because what most people do is what I've just suggested there, they go and do 10-pin bowling or lawn bowls or tennis or something else more welcoming instead, and that's to the detriment of both those people and to the game more broadly. Golf yeah. needs to
1: look much more like society. In Australia certainly, yeah. it does not look like. The There's rest of large society. segments of society that just aren't represented in golf and I know if from overall numbers that people people look at, uh, women golfers and say thirty percent of golfers are women, but you know that figure. There's no, there's no reason for that other than, than not a reflection of no, society, it's, it's, and it's also um, so <laughs> it's also because that that figure itself them. is a problem. But um, yeah, might for be a, time for a lot of clubs. It
0: might be time for Christian Hamilton to make another appearance on the podcast. He? And he's the inclusion manager at Golf Australia. Yeah. Kerry, and, oh, okay, uh, and it's not just women or gender, it's, it's and and he Golf is with disabilities He understands the notions of equality and equal opportunity and the difference between those two things. And he's very, very good at uh, explaining some of that stuff. So,
1: we'll a, very...
2: Oh, let me know when he's on and I'll definitely listen in. Well, that's all right. You subscribe now. Just
1: will it every week, week, every, so every week. I'll never get away. you got sure to take I'll the try. good with the bad. <laughs>
0: Kerry, it's been fabulous yeah. to chat to you today. And I'm sure this isn't the last time we're going to chat because what I'd like to hear from you in the future is some of the stories of people that have come to you, both good and bad, now that you've become this spokesperson. Yeah, de- and you've, definitely. you've said that you're happy with that. I'm sure lots of people will get in touch with you and tell you their stories. And I think that's a, a good thing that you'll be a conduit for that. So tell people how they can get in touch with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, they can email me, com. Um that's that's really good but there was a lady who contacted me earlier and um she gave me her horror story very similar to mine la 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 and then she came back and she said you know what she said I've just gone and got my golf clubs out of my garage and I'm going to the driving range and I'm going to start playing again and she said and that's because of you and that meant everything to me and i was like you go girl and i said you know let's catch up let's get around a golf god knows where she lives but you know we'll do it but there i don't think this is all doom and gloom and i hope it hasn't come across as that you know i'm the most positive sickeningly positive person going and um i just want people to start playing golf and enjoying it and and for golf clubs to retain them i think that's the important thing retain your members
1: Yeah, absolutely. We all love golf. You know, if people at those golf clubs played golf with you, Kerry, they'd enjoy your company. It's just that's what we're all there for <laughs> is just to play golf.
2: That's very kind of you to say. Right. But you are in Australia you can't
1: it's quite so and there's no risk of
0: any travel either either direction so we're completely <laughs> safe to say that not a problem at all. I'm sure no, Aiden. Seriously right
2: seriously guys I think it's great that you picked up on this and thank you so much for for promoting it. It's you know good good on you. Well
0: it's just about discussion and for a couple of blokes who said at the start they were going to listen I feel like we did far too much talking but hopefully the discussion has been somewhat helpful and move things forward. The American 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 so, thanks It for that, has.
2: It's been really nice chatting. Yeah, you too.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you, Adrian, for, well, for doing all the work for a start and then yeah, for just being you. you.
1: It was. I actually might have put my back out <laughs> doing all these <laughs> phone calls and everything, setting this up, but, yeah, that's, that's all right. Well, well, well done. We, we won't We're put there. you
0: through that trauma again for a couple of months. That's Episode 40, a milestone episode in many ways. The number 40, the round numbers are always interesting when they come around. So Episode 40 of the Good Good Golf Podcast, done and dusted. It is a special favour for you, Kerry after I press stop on this recording I'm going to start a new one and you can talk us through shot by shot that fantastic <laughs> round from earlier this year and I'll send you <laughs> yeah. the recording so you'll always have it and you'll be able to share it on with other people <laughs> Oh mate
2: I'd be I'd be on the <laughs> phone for about 16 hours for 16 holes There's Sorry. a
1: business in that a, well, phone, my, a phone line that people my just My brother ring to up and start. just say uh-huh yep 1-3 yep, mm-hmm. go and it
0: would just be people <laughs> wow. sitting there going eh, like that cockatoo yeah. on the AB
1: oh I know wow I know mm.
0: <laughs> that's exactly
2: You <laughs> know what I, I I'd be, I'd be called deluded. It's like she is clearly deluded. Get her a straight jacket. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not just you, Kerry, all of us who play the game. Episode 40, done and dusted. We'll be back next week with more of the Good Good Golf Podcast.